We now continue with more of the Mark Milton Show with the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. A little rap type esque uh, to the, uh, the thing right there. Smash with you right here. It's the Mark Milton Show. Mark's in quarantine right now and uh, self quarantine. I got to salute him on that. Taking care of Mama Milt, who was diagnosed with the COVID. So he's taking care of business over there at the house. We got him on the phone right now. And the only thing really that I miss, other than the presence of you uh, next to me here, and I don't say that romantically, is. Uh, I'm going to miss you at uh, Rosalita's because I'm going to Rosalita's today, whether you're coming with me or not, man, because I love Rosalita's and I love the after show thing that we do getting on over there and me eating all them veggie fajitas and everything. And boy, I tell you what I like to uh, at Rosalita's. They got the two locations, me and Mark, we go over to location in De Pere, And of course they got the one down there on Wash Ave in downtown St. Louis, but boy, that salsa and chips that start you out. That's a meal in and of itself. In all honesty, I used to do that when I was poorer and I would go to a Mexican restaurant and just eat the salsa and chips and give me a glass of water. And by the time the waiter wanted to come back to get the order, I was G O H N gone. So gone. I was not even there, but I got my salsa and chips, but I don't have to do that no more. Glad to be at Rosalita's man. What do you think is the key to Rosalita's? Mark, as far as that taste is concerned, not only on salsa and chips, but just all of their food, all of their drinks got some sort of taste. It must be the people working that kitchen and that bar area. I think it's the perfect amount of salt. It's always ah, good. so well seasoned. Right. Um, right. You know, another thing they've got going are their family packs. Yeah. Um, we've, we've done that numerous times throughout, you know, COVID. Uh, you can order, I think it's like 50 bucks you can get. You know, tacos for the family, chips, salsa, queso, guacamole. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable deal. So definitely check them out. Mm-hmm. If you're in the mood for Mexican, Rosalita's is the spot. And again, nice. like Smash said, they've got the location in De Pere out on Manchester Road and also Wash Ave uh, downtown. So uh, Smash, this was, uh, you know, we've been talking election politics for a while. I don't really, you know want to go there, but I feel like we have to with everything going on. I mean, Trump obviously doesn't appear to be conceding this yes, election right. anytime, anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on where you think this thing is headed. Well, I think he's uh, doing a little throwback on these liberals who really threw down everything to get him unelected, although it's not over yet. So we'll see where that all does, does take. But my whole thing is, you know, even if it was Trump who had the victory, Biden would be doing the same thing. So when you hear some adversarial talk against Trump, it's like, wait a minute, you would have done the same thing. Only the difference is the liberal press would have applauded you massively for doing it. Whereas Trump, they're just chastising and deriding him just in a humongous fashion. So I got to say, way to go, Mr. President, because I, for Joe Biden am doing one thing if he winds up being the president. I'm going to give him a chance. The liberal media, the liberal press, the liberal mentality did never give President Trump a chance. So one of the things I admire about the guy is he has that spunk to carry on. And right now that carrying on is to get these votes recounted. Well, I do think it's it's ironic that the, the media and, and 
you know, Biden are calling for for unity when that would have <laughs> never right. happened had Trump won re-election. Right. It right. didn't happen in 2016 when he when he won. Um, they called the you know basically called him illegitimate. Said Russia interfered. Yep. Uh, the whole resistance movement, and and then not only that, but for four years, you know, demonizing anyone who would dare support him or or, or right. uh, vote for him as some sort of racist and just really a pariah of society. Yeah. So I find it incredibly disingenuous that now you have the media calling for this, this unity, which I agree. I long for that. I wish uh, the Democrats would have uh, accepted his election in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of, you know, Pelosi, Schumer have done nothing but um, resist and, and obstruct and, and, and try to thwart any efforts by him to, really make our country great again. And I think that he did accomplish a great deal uh, during his four years. And so the one thing I would hate to see is for that to be tarnished by, you know, some protracted, protracted dispute here. But, you know, there are real red flags and concerns that everyone, you know, in the media is writing off as, you know, uh, conspiracy theories. But, you know, there was a report about this, this Dominion um, election software that, that oh, had yeah, right. a number of glitches. Yeah. And frankly, just watching the election results come in, it's just hard to fathom that you could have someone leading by the amount of votes that Trump was early on. And I know that, you know, the absentee and the mail-ins came in later, and you could argue that those are going to be more, you know, more tilted towards the Democrats. But at the same time, you got a report out of, uh, out of Pennsylvania of, you know, 100,000 100, ballots um, being delivered through the back door at 4 a.m., and all of which voted for Biden and didn't have anyone else selected. And, and and so when you hear these things, and I don't know if they're true, and, and maybe the you know maybe the courts um, will will get to the bottom of it. But there are a lot of concerns about the mail-in balloting process, absentees. There were reports of you know proven reports of deceased people voting, which yeah, I right. think happens in every election. But yeah. In this particular year, when you have such a a mass of uh, mail-in votes and also the sending out of completely unsolicited ballots mm-hmm. where people, you know, mm-hmm. certain Democratic states just mailed ballots to everyone that's registered, which is unprecedented. Um, typically, you have to request an absentee ballot. Um, so you at least, you know, have an expectation you'll be yeah. getting it and sending it back in. So I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't see Trump conceding. I I thought maybe we would have seen that this week um, after he's had a chance to have the weekend to kind of, um, uh, you know, talk with his family and then maybe like a Jared Kushner gets his ear and says, yeah. Hey, it's time to, time to, to give it up and move on to the next phase. But that doesn't seem to be happening. And I also, I find it sort of absurd that Joe Biden has this fan. I don't know if you, have you seen that fancy logo he has in the background it says like office of the Pre- president president oh yeah i was commenting that? on that the other day it's like that's balls in a way isn't that well he's i mean it's insulting too he's not the president-elect yet no one has certified the election results wow and, you know i didn't even know, take it that way that's a that's a good point so he's asserting yeah. this victory yeah. and I, again i'm not saying he he doesn't have the right to start preparing to sure. assume the office but he, the votes haven't been certified. There's still recounts underway, um, and so you know. And, and is it a long shot to say that Trump would would you know somehow prevail here? Absolutely, but it's still 
in my opinion, pretty presumptuous to call yourself the president elect and to start acting like you're you're the president. And and he's not. I mean, Donald Trump is still the president. And that's what's unique about this scenario is in 2000, when you had Bush v. Gore, Bill Clinton was the president, yeah, right? Right. So there really wasn't a dispute as to who was the president right. until the next inauguration. Good point. Here, you actually have a sitting president who's in the dispute, which is mm-hmm. very you know unique to this this situation. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. The other long shot here is we talked about it before, and I I got to correct a mistake that I made on the show when we talked about, you know, if if there's not a clear victory through the election, then that the the presidency is decided by the House of Representatives. And I was thinking, I thought that meant the House votes and therefore Nancy Pelosi could, you know, become president or the Democrats could pick whoever they wanted. Mm-hmm. What's actually the case is if somehow there's a dispute, each state has a delegation, right? right. So like in Missouri, I think we have eight or eight uh, Congress people, but the majority of those are Republican, right? Yep. So because of that, Repub- Missouri gets one vote. So then that that vote would go probably to Trump, right? Right. And there's actually a majority of Republican delegations in the House of Representatives. So under the Constitution, if this were to play out and there was a disputed, you know, there weren't certified results naming Joe Biden the winner, then theoretically that would allow Trump to then win if it were to go to the House of Representatives. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, Trump, by some quirk of fate, turns this thing around to a victory, Watch the cities burn, buddy. Watch oh, it's the over. cities burn. I think that's yeah. There, there would be the left would not tolerate it. Yeah. There would be a civil war. I mean, there would be cities burning, buildings burning. It would be very scary. Mm-hmm. So, well, the other uh, other uh, pitiful thing to me about this is that as much as he tried to do good, and I don't care for. Him and I don't care for Biden, but I do care for the seat of the presidency of the United States. As much as he tried to uh, do good, the history writers, which are all the liberals, they are going to paint him as just a horrendous four-year term uh, uh, president. Well, I don't really see how they can do that. I mean, I I, I think now, you know, obviously they, they just hate him so much personally, it seems like. Yeah, it seems That's like. That's what's yeah. always stood out right. to me. It's never really been about policy. It's always been about him, his personality yeah. and, you know, personal attacks. But I mean, no, I, I mean, I, I jotted down some things. I mean, pre-COVID, we had record unemployment, rising wages for everyone. I mean, every every demographic yeah. had yeah. rising wages, um, you know, comprehensive tax reform, which I think contributed to the booming economy. The Middle East peace deals, nobody in the media talks about that. No new wars. Right. I mean, we didn't we didn't start any new conflicts. That's right. When Obama left office, it looked like we were headed to war with North Korea, Iran. Yeah. I mean, you name it. ISIS yeah, was running rampant in the Middle East. Right. Um, the Dow has almost hit 30 K again. He's still president. So that's going on under him. COVID vaccine. Oh, that's what we didn't talk about in our first segment. Now, Pfizer, after after yeah. the election, announces, oh, yeah, by the way, Trump was actually right. We are going to have a vaccine ready uh, by the end of the year. I saw that. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable. And also, keep in mind here, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like, yeah. who was the guy who was, who was cracking down on the far, big pharma drug prices? Right. Trump. Yeah. Right? So yep. there was an interest there. I don't think they wanted to see Trump reelected. Yeah. Um, criminal justice reform. I mean, the list goes on about his accomplishments, which nobody wants to talk about. Whether you hate the guy as a person, 
so be it. I mean, he did a lot uh, in his four years that I mean, few people could few people could top uh, throughout our history. Well, I had a friend who was uh, talking to me about this, and he was talking about Trump is Putin's bitch and all this kind of stuff. And I asked him, and it stopped him in his tracks. Does that mean if Joe Biden comes in to full presidency, not president elect, but full presidency, is that going to make him Chairman Z's bitch out there in China? And he had nothing to say to that because that's the way the whole thing kind of plays in a way. David, can we say the, the B word on air? We can go with it. Oh, <laughs> you're so worried, man. You're a dad. You're worried think, about your children. I understand. I that. do think he's going to be China's bitch. He's already been China's bitch. Right. I mean, that's that's like undisputed. Wait, wait, wait can that, I can I stop you? Mark did. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dave. Did Mark just say bitch? I, I think he did. I did. Oh, my goodness. But okay. I think the problem there is that China, you know Biden has been there for 50 years yeah. watching cheering on the rise yeah. of China and right. so you know now that he now that he ran for president he wants to say you know we're going to build back America and we're going to but it's like he was there. I mean he he was there right. when all the jobs went overseas. He was there pushing for China to become part of the World Trade Organization which gave them legitimacy on the world stage. So right. it's just uh to your point, it's not so much will he become it. He already has been, you know, under the thumb of China. And whether that has to do with the business dealings he has there, I don't know. But he's obviously uh, allowed a lot to go on, not only when he was a senator, but his eight years as, as vice president. Trump turned the tables on that. I mean, he was holding China accountable. And, you know, they were celebrating in the streets of Beijing when Trump lost. What right. does that tell you? Right, right, right. Well, you know, what makes me happy is here in the Miller Furniture Studios that when I go to buy a piece of furniture from Miller, I know that for the most part it's built in the United States of America. Man, I ain't worrying about these Chinese, you know. When I get to Miller Furniture, whether it be in Lake St. Louis or whether I go over there to, to Belleville, I am knowing that I'm in the midst of Made in America. Well, you know what's interesting? I actually talked to Mark about that. Mark Miller is the owner of, of Miller Furniture, 93 years, family-owned business. Yeah. And he talked about how the supply chain, the international furniture supply chain, is so impacted by COVID. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other furniture stores aren't able to have the supply that they're accustomed to because they rely so heavily on foreign manufacturers, uh -huh. uh, you know, yeah. Chinese. You know, a lot of this furniture that you see in, in some of the bigger box furniture stores is, tends to be not genuine wood, you know, it can be kind of the artificial stuff that's made overseas. Whereas at Miller, you know, you're getting flex steel products that are made in North Carolina. Yep. A lot of the American made Amish furniture uh, made right here in the heartland, the Midwest, including Missouri. So, uh, and you can customize a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've found their prices to be just extremely reasonable. And like we've talked about the, uh, the heirloom type pieces that you can keep exactly forever. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's Mark Milton right there. Smash with you right here. It's the Mark Milton show from the Miller furniture studios. Got, I got some tax questions to ask you. You are the St. Louis tax uh, lawyer. Are you not? That, that is correct. That is correct. That is correct. When we come back.